are listening to Nightlight. Hello and a very happy new year to all of our Nightlight listeners. I hope that you had a great Christmas holiday season and that this coming new year will be a truly blessed one. Well, on this New Year's edition of Nightlight, I'm going to share with you a variety of different inspirations that I pray will help get your New Year off to a great start. Plus, of course, we have some great music starting with this. Let's rock in the New Year. Why won't this life halfway when you can have your comfort? Why is it so hard to see, hard to break free, yeah? Oh, I've been blinded, cheated, deceived, and polluted by all these lies And through compromise, filled the carnal eyes in its colorful disguise, yeah Now you've asked this of me Will I give it all back to you? Back to you, yeah Will I lay myself down? I said Burn with 
I was looking through my song library and I came across that song just yesterday. It's called I Want to Live. It has a great message for the new year, I thought. I have no idea where it came from or who recorded it. But there you have it. And that's the first song on this special New Year's edition of Nightlight. Feeling all right while listening to Nightlight. Well, time now for the first of around nine or ten inspirations that I've selected to play on the program, depending on the time that we have available, related to the theme of the new year. First one is written by Abby May, and it's called First Attempts. The Bible tells of a group of people who attempted an ambitious building program. Sadly for them, work on the world's first skyscraper, the Tower of Babel, had unforeseen consequences. In fact, they got themselves into quite a mess. Things don't always work out like you anticipate, no matter how well you prepare or how adequate your resources are. After all, it might not be a good plan at all, and even if it is, there's no way of knowing what the future holds. But that isn't the full picture. While first attempts can lead to disappointment, they can also lead to success and fulfillment. Someone had to be the first to try it. The sight of powdery flakes on the ground was a puzzle for the people of Israel, hungry and discouraged on their long wilderness journey. But the first taste of manna was a pleasant surprise. It was the beginning of better things to come. The master of a wedding feast was amazed when he took his first taste of the miracle wine. It had started as water, but Jesus had created a delicious, high-quality drink and quite a stir in the process. What a beginning to a dramatic ministry. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. When Jesus sent his followers on the road, they didn't really know what to expect of this first faith trip. They could have easily been afraid of unforeseen consequences and missed the opportunity, but they went out as instructed and later returned jubilant. As we take our first steps into the new year, let's remember that first taste of manna, that first sip of wedding wine, that first journey following Jesus' instructions. Let's look to God for his leading, ask him for the courage to try something new, and then with faith in our hearts, place our feet confidently on the road ahead.
go out on my own Gonna leave the nest behind I see myself turning the page in my heart and mind I got little or no idea Of what lies ahead of me I made my bed, how I sleep in it I'm gonna see Daylight standing here I best be on my way And turn the page Turning the page, and I pray that this special edition of Nightlight will be a blessing to you as we turn the page on a brand new year. Nightlight, what a delight! Well, the next inspiration I have to read you is called Mallory's Mountain, and it's written by Kus Stenger. When someone asked the famous mountaineer George Mallory. Why he wanted to climb Mount Everest, he simply stated, "Because it is there." Didn't he know that staying home would have been a whole lot safer? Didn't he care about the dangers, the hardships, and the risks? 
Sadly, a mysterious accident befell Mallory and his climbing companion in 1924 while attempting to reach the summit of Everest. His body was only found 75 years later. He had literally died trying. Still, I have an inkling that if he'd had the chance, Mallory would have tried again. Vision is never risk-free, but it carries its own rewards. Most of us wouldn't mind standing on top of a mountain, but it's the journey to the top that worries us, the sacrifices involved that make us waver. On the other hand, to those who have vision, even the journey is exciting, part of the reward. Only those who conquer mountains will see the world in a new perspective. As amateur mountaineer Henry Edmondson said, there is the sheer beauty of the landscape that you never saw before, the mystery of what's beyond the next bluff, the muffled roar of a torrent a thousand meters below, the stillness of the late afternoon, and the intense companionship when you share this dream with others. I can already see some mountains on the horizon of this year that will need to be conquered. I want to climb them with faith and vision, holding onto the hands of my gentle shepherd who walks with me and has promised he will never leave me, not for a single day. Let this year be a year of vision. Yes. Take it 
Sigrovsky. The walls of my bedroom are brightening with a new day's sun. I rub my eyes, stretch and yawn, allowing my thoughts to travel far on memory lane. Through the twists and turns of my life, I've made what I like to think is a discovery, though surely many others have long found this secret. I have discovered what makes a person happy, and how I can be happy too. For many years, foremost on my criteria for joy was optimal health and freedom from physical pain. Growing up with asthma and other health problems meant that was a hard goal for me to attain. But over time, what I once believed to be the biggest enemy of my happiness has become my greatest teacher on the subject. When I was 16, I underwent an emergency surgery to remove a ruptured, gangrenous cyst and spent New Year's Day in the hospital. When I was able to get out of my wheelchair and take my first post-surgery steps, I could hardly contain my joy. Those slow, shaky steps were the best New Year's gift I could have asked for. I suddenly realized that joy can come from something as simple as being able to walk. As silly as it may sound, I was also happy that I could use the bathroom unaided. After the surgery, I was hooked to a catheter for several days. When it was finally removed and I could use the bathroom again, I was filled with appreciation for something I'd always taken for granted. Another source of joy is being able to breathe easily. My asthma has always made me recognize this as a blessing but an experience a few years ago gave it new meaning. I underwent an abdominal CT, computerized tomography scan at a large hospital, and halfway through I was injected with a contrast medium. Unbeknown to us, this substance can be very dangerous for asthma sufferers. 
As the fluid entered my bloodstream, I experienced terrible pain and immense pressure in my lungs. Within minutes, I went into toxic shock, brought on by a severe allergic reaction. I was rushed to ER, where nurses administered antidotes and hooked me to a respirator. Two intense hours later, I was finally out of danger. I will never forget how I felt when I returned home. I stood by the window in the sunset's rosy hue, breathing deeply and thinking, I can breathe painlessly again. I'm here. I'm alive. The indelible memories of that day have become a touchstone of my life. Whenever I am discouraged or weary, I relive those moments and feel anew the joy of realizing how blessed I am. The ordeal also filled me with gratitude for my sight. At the height of the allergy, my face had swollen so tightly that I could barely open my eyes. I longed to see my father, who was standing by my bed holding my hand, but I could only dimly make out his frame through the slits of my eyelids. When I was again able to open my eyes, I couldn't stop looking at everything around me in excitement and awe. Being able to walk, use the bathroom, breathe, see. It's true, my criteria for joy have changed drastically. I'm finding more to be happy about than I ever thought possible, as I learn that my happiness has little to do with my circumstances and so much to do with my perspective. My life is full of challenges and joys, equally worth celebrating. I open my eyes again and sit up. A ray of golden sunlight is streaming through the window and over the foot of my bed. I wiggle my toes in its glow and smile. It's a new day and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I love life. Its mystery, its changing way, the ups and downs, twists of the road that have taught me to pray. I love life, its thorny blooms, its rainbow hues, gold sunlight forming diamonds of the tears, night's shadows new. I love life, its summer days, its sparrow songs, bright roadside daisies, simple joys that cheer my spirit on. I love life, its rugged peaks, its biting gales, the storm-lashed uphill climb, lit by a light that never fails. I love life, its desert spans, its silent days, long lonely barren lanes that build courage to burn unfazed. I love life, its dawns and dusks, its ebbs and flows, each day touched by the beauty of a God who loves and cares and knows. Sunrise while it lasts to 
Well, over the past year, we've had some wonderful new music contributed to our program, and that was the Mike Dooley Jazz Ensemble, and they have a great album called In Too Deep, and that was Rachel, I believe, singing a song called Kiss the Sunrise. Visit our website at radioact.org. And that's our website address. If you have missed any of our over 100 international nightlight shows, well, you can go there. It's linked to a playlist on SoundCloud. And you can either listen online on your mobile device or you can download the shows and you're welcome to share them with others also. Well, another wonderful new album that was released last year was Friends by Sam Halbert, Mick Fridley and Ruth Gordon. And here's one of my favorite tracks from that album. It's called You Can Fly. When the world is passing by And you feel just like you could cry Just look up to the sky Don't ask how, when or why And fly Come on and fly You can fly Come on and fly If you're down And things don't get
loves light. You're listening to Nightlight. And you're listening to a special New Year's edition of Nightlight. We pray that this coming year will be a truly blessed one for all of you listening. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, I'm sharing with you a variety of different inspirations I've handpicked for the program today. And I really like this one. It's called Hold On, and it's written by Joyce Sutton. As a young child, I would lie in bed at my grandparents' house, listening to the sounds of the television downstairs and looking at the pictures on the wall. One was a picture of a woman with wavy reddish hair in a nightdress clinging to a stone cross in the middle of the raging sea. Pieces of a boat drifted around her and the waves threatened to drag her back into the water, but her eyes were fixed on the cross and she held on with all her might. At the time, I really didn't understand the meaning behind the picture, and I remember thinking about it as I drifted off to sleep. I wondered why the woman was hanging so tightly to the cross, and why she didn't let go and just grab one of the pieces of wood floating around her. Holding on looked very difficult. As years passed, and I encountered some of my own crises of faith, the picture began to have more meaning for me. During those times, I tried holding on to various other things that did all right at keeping me afloat, but my life had no direction or purpose. I realized that holding on to God, especially when it's hard to do, is really the most important thing. There's another deeper meaning to that picture that struck me when I saw it again years later. Most of the painting was dark, with the exception of one ray of light that shone directly on the cross. I realized that was another reason why the woman was holding onto the cross rather than grabbing a piece of wood and floating away. She could have drifted around in the darkness, but she wanted to stay in the light. As we enter the new world and face a world filled with unknown troubles, it can be quite frightening. We have only one solid place in the middle of the storm and one light in the darkness. Disaster, danger, and death may be all around, but God is my light and my salvation. He is the strength of my life and will help me hold on. When you see a humble soul Reach out in love It's the sign of the cross When you feel that grace of God From up above That new heart 
Yes, it's easy to recognize We all look for signs Some of the time But we forget to from the album Friends. That was Ruth Gordon with The Sign of the Cross. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Another inspiration here from Eleanor Sitchrovsky or Sikrovsky. I'm not sure how you pronounced it. Anyway, it's spelled S-I-C-H-O-R-V-S-K-Y. I'm sorry, Eleanor. If I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but anyway, there's a beautiful inspiration called My Captain. At the start of last year, I set off on a journey. Sitting on a pier, breathing in the salty sea air, I felt surges of both excitement and trepidation as my eyes scanned an ocean of time that stretched ahead. In the course of my voyage, I sometimes faced turmoil and adversity. The turquoise sea became a churning, foaming expanse of dark, angry waves. Stinging rain and blustering winds battered my ship. But there were also times of blessings and steady progress, when bright sunlight sparkled on the rolling waves and gentle breezes carried my boat forward. I didn't experience these things alone. My captain, Jesus, was with me. Together we faced each day. Together we braved the storms of adversity. Together we laughed and enjoyed the sunshine. I knew Jesus had a plan for our voyage and had charted the way. Still, there were times when I questioned his judgment, when I already felt weak and weary of the struggle, but would catch sight of yet another storm gathering on the horizon. Jesus, must we go through more hardship? I would plead. If you love me as much as you say you do, can't you make my voyage easier? With a smile, Jesus would softly reply, I do love you that much. I always have and always will. Although everything around you may seem rough and stormy right now, it's only for a time. 
the sky will appear brighter and more beautiful after the storm. Just hold my hand and I will see you through. Look for the blessings that these storms bring. The secret I learned was to stay close to him until the clouds cleared. And while I waited, I discovered some wonderful things. His loving presence became even more real to me through those stormy days, and his reassuring words gave me strength, soothed my nerves, and allayed my fears. And those blessings he spoke of. As I stand at the threshold of another new year, I look back and see that those times of testing engendered courage, faith, and hope. Courage to never give up, despite opposition and difficulties. Faith anchored in a love that will never let me down. And hope in Jesus, who has a perfect plan, not only for my next year, but for my whole life. After the storm And the clouds have gone away You're standing in the sunshine But thankful for the rain That washed away the problems The lies and doubts and fears That come when we've forgotten Just why we're really here After the storm It's a brand new world outside You're standing on the rock And it helps when you remember How you found that secret lace When the floods of time were raging And all else was washed away Now there's peace in your heart And you can sing once again And though tears are streaming storm that's Pethuel. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. At the Close of the Year by Abby May The path of the past year has ended. We can look back at what has passed and recall the happy moments, the unanticipated joys, 
the good news that arrive like refreshing waters to a thirsty soul. Then again, we may also heave a sigh of relief that the troubles of the past year have finally come to an end. In between those high and low points, there were average days when nothing out of the ordinary happened. As Robert Browning wrote, The year is closed, the record made, the last deed done, the last word said. The memory alone remains of all its joys, its grief, its gains. And now with purpose full and clear, we turn to meet another year. The new year has begun, and undoubtedly it will be sprinkled with happy moments, joy, good news, some troubles, and many ordinary days. While we may be anticipating some major events, such as a new job, a move to a new home, the arrival of a new baby, most aspects of our future are hidden from our sight. As an old proverb wisely says, the veil that hides the future from us is woven by an angel of mercy. I see not a step before me as I tread on another year, but I've left the past in God's keeping, the future his mercy shall clear, and what looks dark in the distance may brighten as I draw near. And what of right now? God is here with us in the present, just as he was in the past and will be in the future. Let's start the new year by acknowledging the one who is the beginning and the end and will be with us always at the start, at the finish, and all the way through. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 16, verse 11. Dear God, I thank you for the passing of another year, for the laughter and the tears, for the breath of the wind, the sunshine and the rain. Help me to embrace the challenges of the coming year with faith that you will see me through as you have promised. Faith tells 
Jerry Palladino, that's Richard Hansen, if we could see beyond today. Of course, God can see beyond today. And that's something I think is good to remember as we go into this new year. There's so many dire predictions for what could happen next year. Things just seem to be going from bad to worse. But we need to remember that we have a great God who is unbelievably big and amazingly in control, and it's all part of his plan. It has all been very carefully scripted, whatever lies ahead. Like a candle in the night, it's nightlight. But I'd like to close with an inspiration I've just recorded for a new series that I've produced called Faith of Our Fathers, which is 100 inspirations and devotions from great men of God from bygone years. And let this last inspiration of the program remind us of just how great God is and how puny we are and how really we have nothing to worry about. Man, that puny worm of the dust by Thomas Dick from The Solar System 1774 to 1857 When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4. A survey of the solar system 
has a tendency to moderate the pride of man and to promote humility. Pride is one of the distinguishing characteristics of puny man and has been one of the chief causes of all the contentions, wars, devastations, systems of slavery and sinful projects which have desolated and demoralized our sinful world. Yet there is no disposition more incongruous to the character and circumstances of man. Perhaps there are no rational beings throughout the universe among whom pride would appear more unfitting or incompatible than in man, considering the situation in which he is placed. He is exposed to numerous degradations and calamities. The rage of storms and tempests, the devastations of earthquakes and volcanoes, the fury of whirlwinds, the tempestuous billows of the ocean, the ravages of the sword, famine, pestilence, and numerous diseases, and at length he must sink into the grave, and his body must become the companion of worms. The most dignified and haughty of men are liable to these and similar degradations, as well as the lowest of the human family. Yet in such circumstances, man, the puny worm of dust, whose knowledge is so limited and whose follies are so numerous and glaring, has the effrontery to strut in all the haughtiness of pride and to glory in his shame. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. When other arguments and motives produce little effect on certain minds, no considerations seem likely to have a more powerful tendency to counteract this deplorable propensity to pride in human beings than those which are borrowed from the objects connected with astronomy. They show us what an insignificant being, what a mere atom, indeed, man appears amidst the immensity of creation. What is the whole of this globe on which we dwell compared with the solar system, which contains a mass of matter millions times greater? What is this earth in comparison to the millions of suns and worlds which have been scattered throughout the starry regions? Could we take our station on the lofty pinnacles of heaven and look down on this scarcely distinguishable speck of earth? we would be ready to exclaim with Seneca, Is it to this little spot that the great designs and vast desires of men are confined? Well, I pray that you've enjoyed the program and I pray that you have a wonderful new year ahead. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, please bless all who have been listening. Help us to please stay close to you this coming year, Lord. Help us to love you with all of our hearts, Lord, and seek to be used by you in some way to be a blessing to others and to spread your love in this ever-darkening world. Thank you, Jesus. 
praise the Lord. And we all look forward to one day we hope, Jesus, we pray, even so, Lord, come quickly when we'll all meet together with you, Jesus, on that great day. See